Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, Lisa, look around you. You are the sum of the five closest friends, family, people around you. So which one of those five are challenging you? And I'm going to judge your answer, just, just letting you know. Well, I don't know if you really want to ask me that question because right now we've been having these conversations behind the scenes because you are really challenging me because you're having technical challenges today. So you were really pushing me to have to figure out and kind of come alongside you on the technical stuff, which is not my forte either. So we're having to, you know, rely on Karina, our sound engineer. So you are really challenging both of us today. Um, but I know that's not what you're talking about, is it? No, it so, was okay. not. Okay. Thanks okay. for that up. I had to divert. Um, you know what? That's such a great question because talking about um, the sum total of the five closest people in your life, which, you know, includes family and friends and First of all, that, you know, to really identify um, the five or three or whatever that really is kind of in your inner circle that you give permission to speak into your life. Um, And I I would go back to, you know, definitely you and the the years that we have been doing life and ministry. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Um, You know, just challenging each other on, you know, the different way to look at life, the lens. And I think bringing different temperaments and personalities and life experiences. Um, And so I definitely, you know, I would say that with, you know, you've definitely challenged me in good ways, all the right ways. (laughs) Well, and we forget um, when we're just in our daily minutiae of life that God has put Every single person that he puts in front of us that we can have an impact on and they can have an impact on us and to really be grateful for that and appreciate, but also to make sure we're praying that God is putting those people in our life that will challenge us, will grow us because there are times you can, I, you know, I can go back to junior high and see, I, I was definitely the person that of my five friends that I hung out with. And it might not have been a good thing because as you know, I spent many days in the principal's office. (laughs) So you really do have to evaluate, Hey, am I in the right place where God wants me? I mean, he definitely wants you to be around people that you can have an impact on, but you have to watch just like it talks about in Proverbs, you know, are they changing you as well? Well, you know, it's interesting because last week, as you know, I spent um, I spent the week uh, in D.C. at the National um, Prayer Breakfast where, you know, President Obama and a bunch of people are. And um, we you're literally with people from around the world and you're hearing a lot of, you know, senators and congressmen, which you're hearing those that are, you know, that really believe in following Jesus and talking about how they pray together. And it's so encouraging because a lot of times, um, you know, the political news we hear is not good at all. And, you know, you tend to think when you hear of a politician, you immediately kind of defer to, um, you know, you hear of scandal or you don't trust or whatever. But it was encouraging to hear these senators, even Democrats and Republicans, talking about how they pray together because there's a 
a weekly prayer meeting with senators and congressmen each week. Wow. And, con- and, and so that was encouraging. But the message everybody kept saying in different scenarios uh, is like, you know, find somebody in your life that you're praying with. And they kept saying that, find somebody wow. in your life that you're praying with. And that was such an encouraging thought. I think that that applies to all of us. It's like, who in your life do you give permission to hold you accountable that is praying with you, that knows you, that has, you know, your best interests and really, you know, pour into that and make that happen. And so I think, you know, that was one of the things I, you know, just affirmed in that. And it was cool to see that happening in our nation's capital. Okay. But before encouraging, before we go for, I just have to tell you, that was a great story because it does make you think, okay, that is what our founding fathers wanted and to know it still exists. That's a, that's a great story. It is encouraging. And we need to hear those stories because we mm-hmm. don't hear those kind of stories. But there are some amazing things happening, um, you know, from, from both sides. So that I, you know, yeah, I have to share that. Okay, before we get too much farther into our show, uh, we just want to remind everyone you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty White and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, since we've been talking about all those wonderful people in your life and who challenges you, who are you able to pray with, we have two special guests that are fabulous friends, Natasha Robinson and Suzanne Burden, uh, that are joining us today. Both of them are authors, and like I said, they are great friends. Uh, Natasha is the author of Mentor for Life, Finding Purpose Through Intentional Discipleship, which we are going to dig into deeper a little bit later on in the show. She's a gifted Bible teacher and writer. In addition to being an anti-human trafficking advocate, champion for education and community uh, (laughs) organizer with uh, over 15 years of leadership and mentoring experience in the military, government, church, um, and nonprofit sectors. She's also a consultant and speaker. Well, her good close friend, Suzanne, is a graduate of Cornerstone University and Grace Theological Seminary and serves part-time as discipleship pastor at Three Rivers Wesleyan Church. And she also writes and speaks on living in the kingdom of God as a joyful right now reality. And together um, with some of her other friends, Suzanne co-authored the book, Reclaim Eve, the identity and calling of women in the kingdom of God. And they also came up with a small group um, DVD that you can use in um, any type of devotional or just getting women together, even for life groups at church. She and her husband, David, live in Fort Wayne, Indiana with a French exchange student where they share, um, apparently he has some amazing cooking skills. So Uh, I just want you to know, Suzanne, note to self, if I'm ever going to get a foreign exchange student, I'm going to make them go through an intense interview on their chef skills, because that is a great idea. So um, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having us. We're we're thrilled to be here. Awesome. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) We do want to hear a little bit more about this, your fondness for his cooking skills. Did you know when you took in this French exchange student that he knew how to cook? Yeah. So actually, uh, the cooking skills thing is referring to my husband, not the French exchange (laughs) student. (laughs) However, uh, I I probably didn't write that real well because I kind of tacked it on the end. 
Uh, my husband is a fabulous cook, and the French exchange student is really good at baking. And so though that combination is, you know, pretty wonderful and amazing. So <laughs> I was like, wow, what a great idea. We've had exchange students before, and they've never offered to cook. So <laughs> I, yeah. I, was ready, I was ready to take on another one if, if I knew that I would get a, a chef out of it. So, okay, so tell us, you know, we were just talking about the friendships we have in our lives and how God um, puts those people directly there. It's not coincidence. But how did you and Natasha, how did your paths cross? Well, you know, uh, we met several years ago. I want to say 2008, maybe 2009, at a Synergy Women's Conference in Florida. And um, this really dynamic, beautiful woman sat down next to me. I believe it was during the worship time and introduced herself. And I thought, wow, this girl has a lot going on. And then it was later that she contacted me to pursue a, a prayer partnership and friendship. Mm. You know what? And I remember the, the interesting thing about it, too, uh, Susie, you, you remember we were in a workshop, um, and it was about going to seminary, and you had already enrolled in seminary. And I was thinking about it, possibly, and I was just encouraged that it was a step of faith that you were taking, and I wanted to um, just kind of see what that was all about as well. So that was intriguing to me that you had already taken that courageous step as a woman. Yeah, and, and we've both talked about that a lot, about uh, the, the challenge of, of doing that. And I, I, I love how when we did come together into a friendship, we were really each other's biggest cheerleader to get through seminary. I don't know how we would have done it um, had we not <laughs> had each other at certain points in this journey. So I'm very grateful that God had our paths crossed at that time. Well, you know, it is significant because we do need each other. And um, so many times people are like, you know, how do you get a prayer partner? How do you, a friendship? And it really takes um, somebody having the courage to initiate and just, you know, the big ask and go up to. But you, I think we sometimes we know that sensing in our, in our spirit when we know, okay, this seems right or like the right one. But then you have to do your part by you know, asking, Hey, can we do this? And I, so many times I think it's so easy to just kind of stand back and just waiting for it to happen. And you can just keep waiting and miss the opportunity. So, um, I like how you guys just made it happen. And then, then it sounds like you guys kind of hit the ground running, which is like how Patty and I started. I mean, the first time we met and it just like, we just started, we couldn't stop. We, in fact, I think Patty, you were late picking up one of your children from school, if I recall. And that's when I knew, okay, this is going to be a good thing. Cause she's just like me. You, you, you time just kind of you know, passes by, but that's, what's really sweet about friendship. When it's like, you know, like three hours seems like 10 minutes and, and that's such a, a, a sweet place to be with relationships. Yeah, I, I would say that when we when we talk on Skype every few weeks and, and pray together, that 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 hour is is full of laughter and tears sometimes, and <laughs> and always ending in prayer. And it's like it's like um, you're all over the map. It's like here's here's this person that you can entrust mm-hmm. your heart to, that you continue to build relationship with, and. In Natasha's case, when she came to me and asked me to do it, basically over the Internet, we live in two different places, 
I was really, really busy, and I thought, oh, I, I just don't have time for this. And as I, I thought about her, and I looked at her, and I thought, you know, she and I are very different. We come from different places, and I think there's something about her that I'm supposed to learn and vice versa. Like, I think there's something here, like our paths are supposed to cross in some way. And I didn't, I couldn't articulate it at that time, but I thought, I do need this. She's, she's being brave enough in a busy schedule to call it out and say, Hey, I need this. You need it too. Are you willing to do this? And so it was really her initiative. That you know what? I'm going to interrupt you. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and finish this conversation. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Having a great workout and sweating feels so good. But did you realize it is also good for your complexion? According to Fitness Magazine, sweating can boost your collagen. The increased circulation that comes through strenuous exercise delivers nutrients to your cells to produce elastin and collagen. Sweating also fights lines because toned muscles provide more support for your skin and reduces the appearance of sagging and wrinkles. Sweating clears your pores by removing about 30% of the toxins that your body daily produces. And a perspiring exercise session can banish breakouts. When you work out, your adrenal glands secrete less hormones that are partly responsible for acne. Attaining a vibrant, clear complexion is just one more reason to hit the gym. I'm Annette Hammond. Join our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Having a great conversation with two special guests, Natasha Robinson and Suzanne Burden, who are joining us today. They're both authors and also speakers. Um, we we have been highly caffeinated, and Lisa is now going back to get more coffee, so we need to be careful with her. But um, <laughs> through all of this uh, this energetic show, we were rudely interrupting Suzanne, I believe, as you were talking about her initiative. So go ahead and. Finish that sentence on just you were talking about the the benefits of this friendship that you guys have discovered. 
Well, let me just tell you that Natasha is one of the most highly disciplined people I've ever met. I mean, this girl was in the Marine Corps and the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> as I've gotten to know her, it's, she's, she's like pursuing all these areas where she's very disciplined in life. And um, it's it's pushed me, you know, it, it's pushed me to say, look at how she's doing this. What can I what can I learn from her that can help me to to grow and and to be more like that? And and I think there's so much give and take in our relationship. Like the one thing that that I've noticed over the years as we've developed this friendship is that I feel in my spirit that I'm truly for Natasha in the things that God is calling her to, and I I truly want to hear from her and get her perspective. And I feel she, she feels the same about me. And so there's a lack of competition, so to speak. I feel like we're spurring one another on and pushing each other on in some ways. But we're yeah. in it together. And so I never feel like I have to compete with her. But that we're on this journey side by side where we're growing um, as a result of having each other. Um, in our lives. And I treasure that. I, I realize that that's not always easy to find. And so I, I've i grown more grateful over the years for this friendship. Well, you know what that is? If you said it's hard to find. And Patty and I have a lot of conversations about that. It is really hard to find that person. And we're because um, we live in a culture, especially with women. Women are, you know, it's difficult because we do more competing than completing with each other. And to find that, <laughs> it's it's so rare. And and we, you know, and how do we model that even for our daughters and the and the next generations? And going, this is what it looks like. It's not what you're seeing on the TV and in the media and social media. It's really that real, authentic, you know, heart connection and growing together and, um, you know, and, and cheering each other on. So um, have you, do you guys um, have opportunities just like in conversation with other women? And do you see that too, where women really struggle with this? Yeah, I think <laughs> this is Natasha speaking. I, I think we, we have choices about what we want to believe in this world. Um, and I think one of the reasons I reached out to Susie is having been a leader um, for a long time, leading in the space that is the church is uh, a different thing. You know, it's a different uh, context altogether. And so I really understood that in some capacities, uh, leading in that space could feel very lonely. And um, I knew that Susie was being faithful in her ministry work and her calling. Um, I knew that I was being faithful in my ministry work and my calling. And I really firmly believe that the Lord uh, does not, he says it's not good for man or woman, you know, to be alone. And so I'm an advocate for community, and I'm an advocate for intentionally pursuing healthy relationships. And so um, I, I, I reached out to her for that reason. And so I think the modeling of relationships like these for other women, um, it, it's really a good thing for them to see what is possible. But I also think um, the freeing of women with the understanding that, you know, we have a father, God, who owns everything. 
You know, so we have a posture of understanding that we have a father who owns everything and we are children of that father, then that means there's enough that he has to offer and give and that is available to, to us. And if I get, that doesn't mean that um, there's no room for Susie to also get or have. And so I, I don't minister out of a place of, of scarcity, you know, that there's only a little bit of, of the pie for, you know, women or minorities or whatever. I minister out of a place of, of, of abundance, that we have a God who owns everything. He wants the good and best for his children, and therefore there's enough for everybody to go around. We just need to be in the right position, in the right place, doing the right thing. And in God's perfect timing, he will make that well with all of us. Well, I I love how you um, just language that conversation into being. And so many times, and, and Lisa, you were kind of saying that, but uh, just as you're moving forward, and especially hearing Suzanne uh, talk about you, Natasha, that you're the most disciplined um, person that she's ever met, it can be really, really lonely. Um, mm-hmm. At you know, I like to say at the top because sometimes if you're a high capacity individual, uh, it's hard for people to even relate and connect with why you're so motivated, why you do what you do, why are you so driven by these kind of, of results. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing the question into a different route here. For those listeners out there, um, knowing someone that's highly disciplined, what does motivate you? How, do, how can those of us who are waking up in the morning going, oh, I don't want to get my things done today. <laughs> what <laughs> advice would you have for us? And especially just, you know, for some people who don't have the, the friendships there um, to, to, you know, to be motivated by sometimes it takes books and, you know, obviously reading scripture and other things to get you to be disciplined. Well, I'm going to defer to the disciplined one. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I, but I, I want to hear from Susie from that as well. Um, my initial response to that is, is uh, you know, Susie says I, I'm, I'm very disciplined. Um, I think a lot of people, and she would agree with this as well, they'll say that I'm a passionate person. And so um, mm-hmm. I only do, and I only focus on those things that I'm passionate about, <laughs> you know. And, and so a lot of times the question comes back to not whether I'm motivated or whether I'm disciplined. The question really does come back to uh, are you clear about your purpose and your calling and your passion in this life? Um, and that's the very thing that motivates you to, you know, like you said, get up in the morning and respond with a level of focus or intentionality. Um, I really firmly believe we look at uh, Rick Warren bestseller, The Purpose Driven Life. I, I, the reason why that book sold so many millions of copies is I think everyone's asking the same question, right? Like, why was I created? What is the purpose of my life? And I think once you figure that out, um, and I think having good relationships and Christian community and, and some of the spiritual disciplines you talked about can really be influential in that. But I know that about myself. I know my, my, my I do feel like I know my purpose and, and my calling, the things I'm passionate about, and that's the things that motivate me every day and um, and, and throughout the day, um, actually, even when things get hard. And so I think that's the question we really want to uh, 
challenge and encourage people to ask themselves, you know, like, what are the things you're passionate about? What are the things you feel that God, why did God create you? It's only one of you, you know, and, and God does everything on everything on purpose. So why do you feel like he's created you and put you on this earth? And what are you going to do with this life that he's given? Um, Susie, what, what do you feel uh, is the thing that encourages you and, and helps you get up in the morning? Mm. I would say at this this point in my spiritual journey, it's the knowledge that God calls me beloved, the one that he loves mm-hmm. and the one that he delights in, which we talk about, Natasha and I talk about a lot, and we remind each other a lot. I said it to her on the phone the other day when I was really not feeling well. She said, why are you doing so well this morning if you're not feeling very well? And I said, I am God's beloved. I am the one that Jesus loves, and he delights in me. And so there's a constancy in going back to what our identity is. And sometimes we learn that through great brokenness in our lives. And I would say both Natasha and I have come to own that and continue to own that through great brokenness. And so as we're talking and relating and we're in in friendship with one another, we reflect that back to each other. And we say, don't forget let let me remind you, if you've forgotten today, mm-hmm. that God's love is bigger than the situation that you're facing. And that dream that he put in your heart, he's in that. He's got you, and he's for you in this. And I am, too. I'm a visible, tangible reminder of the present love of God. And um, so, to me, that, that's what gets me up in the morning. Um, I, I, I would say Natasha and I are both passionate people and we're we're passionate sometimes in different ways, but there's an overlap there. And so there's this beautiful um, ability to witness what is God birthing in her heart, in her life. And then she's witnessing that in my life. And it just amounts to us growing and becoming more rooted in the love of God so that we can serve out of that place. Well, and you both articulate so well and your journeys, and you can tell that that you guys truly do complete each other because you have totally different life experiences. And, and it sounds like you're you're wired very differently, but yet there's a, a beauty in completing each other. And I think that's what we need to find is how do we celebrate, find that common ground and, and celebrate and, and allow each other to speak into our lives and, and to speak truth in different ways that we cannot see. I know Patty and I, we, we've shared so many times. It's like, um, it's so hard to see in our own selves and to be objective about our own story and our own life. It's easy to be able to tell other people and, and tell other people, you know, yeah, God is for you. He loves you. And yes, but it's hard to personalize that so many times. And mm. that's where I think, um, you know, a trusted friend who, who can speak into that and go, here's what I see in you. And, and a lot of times we don't see that in ourselves because we, we know ourselves too well. Um, and we, we tend to not be objective. We tend to focus on the parts we don't like instead of the parts that really God has created us um, for a purpose and we're allowed to shine. So I think, um, you know, Patty, because I'm, we both, it's like you have to defer to each other and go, okay, I, what am I not seeing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and it works both ways. What do you see in me that I, that I, you know, that if I just did this, you know, it could change things. So I think just having those honest conversations with each other and giving somebody permission 
to really speak into your life. And there's just those golden moments of friendship when you can say, I believe in you. I see this in you. and I see how God's working. Well, we're going to take a quick break again, and we're going to come back and we're going to kind of talk about you guys have each authored books and there's significant ones for women and leading and mentoring and discipling. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about that in the practical ways. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are having a great conversation with our special guests, Natasha Robinson and Suzanne Burden. And both of them are authors, both of them are speakers. And the cool thing about it is to have um, girlfriends. Um, together on our show, and we ended the last segment just discussing how hard it is um, to go through life. And it, we, Lisa and I love the the quote of um, "It's hard to read the label when you are inside the bottle," and giving others permission to breathe into you so they can read the label of what's going on in your life and kind of um, give you guidance and direction. And one of the things I, I love about your friendship, um, Natasha and Suzanne, is that I heard from Suzanne, who was promoting you, Natasha, on your new book. And um, she just, you know, when, when, 
Lisa and I always say you have to have an advocate. Like everybody needs an advocate out there. And it's just so cool when you see that. And Lisa, you mentioned that earlier about when we're not competing against each other, we're actually completing each other. And uh, we all need to have each other's backs. And that's exactly how Jesus would want. That's how we're leaking Jesus out to others. And they want what we're having, which is Jesus, when they see this. And uh, we just have to talk a little bit about your book, Natasha, um, Mentor for Life. Uh, What role or, um, yeah, I guess I'm just going to ask you, what role uh, has mentoring played in your life that you thought it was so significant that you wanted to write a book about this? I don't know if I intentionally, well, I didn't want to write a book about this. Actually, uh, that process came about kind of naturally, but I've been mentored my entire life. Um, and I come from a very strong family and a community that understood that it takes a village to raise a child as an African proverb. And I really experienced that. So I had mentors and coaches and community leaders and teachers pouring into me in addition to my, my biological family members from a very young age. And so that's an environment that I came out of um, to go into the Naval Academy, which is basically a school that what they do is they make leaders, they cultivate leaders, and it's part of your everyday process. It's as natural there in that environment as eating and sleeping and and breathing. You just get up every day and you prepare to lead others. Um, And the mentoring element of that is built into that system. And so from the time you come on the campus, you will be mentored by several people, actually, um, and peers as well as adults, um, officers, and um, senior enlisted military personnel. And so you come from a place that you're being mentored as a freshman. You start mentoring freshmen as a sophomore, and you get more leadership responsibilities as you advance through the school. Um, So I graduated from a place like that to be an officer in the military. I was um, a financial management officer, so I was leading people right away, and uh, men and women, which was obviously a part of my professional job, but as I was doing that, I was also growing in my faith and my relationship with the Lord. And so I was leading um, small groups or or I was actually at that time um, learning from other people in more of a small group, small community type environment. And um, from there, just really started leading small groups and teaching Bible studies and a few years ago, I was in a church. Um, they did not have a discipleship ministry. They didn't have a mentoring ministry, anything intentional for women particularly. Um, they had Bible studies that people would do occasionally. And um, they just wasn't, I, I saw women, they were struggling. <laughs> they were struggling, and um, I think a lot of the struggle was, uh, goes back to the identity question that we were talking about earlier. It goes back to um, how they felt or understood God and, 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 of, and, of course, that if, if that is not right and their identity is in question, then um, it's difficult to love other people well. You know, we just don't love our neighbors well when we are not sure of who God is and, and who we are as individuals because the expectation then is for other people to help 
figure that out for us or to fill our voice in those areas. And so I started a mentoring ministry there, and I was doing that about two years in, and Christianity Today asked me to write a few articles about what I was doing there. I did a mentoring series, and that was, I don't know, 2011, somewhere around there. And because of the comments I was getting to those articles, women were just so... um, I wish there were there was something like that at my church, and um, and how can we do this? And do you have any resources to recommend? And because of those comments, I realized that this was a desperate need um, in the church, and that's what prompted me to write the book. Mm-hmm. I love how God just uses that when you're just being obedient and faithful and just doing. You know, in some in some ways, what comes naturally to you and what a lot of times we forget that what comes naturally to us is not natural for other people or other people mm-hmm. don't have the opportunity to experience that things. And um, it's 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 just very um, it's it's very cool to see how God multiplied and used that. And, um, you know, you were able to start meeting needs going, there are needs here. And how do you start producing that and being a voice for that? Because so many people, I think this whole thing with mentoring is... Um, it's an interesting, it's an even an interesting word. Patty and I talked about that a lot because sometimes you can see it as it make it, it positions one person above another. And that's not really what true mentoring is. And, you know, we have found that when you're mentoring, you're coming alongside somebody, no matter what it is, I, I find that I learn just as much in a different way from them as hopefully I'm able to bring to it. And um, also, I think for my own life, you talked about you had a lot of mentors in your life. I didn't have so many. And so that compels me to how do we pour into other people from that place I wish I would have had. So I think there's two ways of looking at it. You know, I think there's that responsibility. Either you've been mentored and you have something to give or you haven't received that. And you've like, okay, I want to make sure other people receive what I haven't received. Um, so as you've written this, what, and this, you know, this resource, what kind of, um, response are you getting from people about this? And, you know, just the comments that people are saying, you know, you know, I, I haven't been able to, or you're giving me the tools because I think a lot of people going, I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, a few things. I, I want to uh, come back to one of your statements about for people who haven't been, um, mentored before, and they are asking a question, one, do I have anything to offer, and two, what should I do? And so that actually was a motivator for writing the book as well, um, because it, it really speaks into a bigger challenge and, and, and problem, I think, in the church. Um, the first part of the, of the book, it, I, I call it my why, why come section, like why do we even need to talk about mentoring as intentional discipleship in a church in the first place? And one of the responses to that question is, to speak to your statement of um, because we have men and women in the church that don't know how to do this, right? And so I really am looking at this not just as a book, but as really wanting to equip uh, lay leaders so they can serve others well in the church, so they can be that good mentor um, that they may or may not have had. And so it is a good resource um, to start getting them down that road and a good teaching and preparation tool for them. Um, So I'm really um, excited about that as well. The book doesn't actually release in until March 1st, um, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear some of that feedback. I've had several um, early copies read by some pastors and um, seminary professors and such, and the feedback that I'm getting from them is that they really love 
the holistic approach that I'm taking um, to mentoring and discipleship in this book. And so I'm really excited that, um, because that was a, a passion of mine, a concern I wanted to address that um, that was articulated well and has been received well, and that's something that I'm getting feedback from now with some people that are reading some of the early release copies. Hmm. Well, I, I have a question with um, mentoring and like Lisa said, we, we sometimes laugh of, about the word because it's kind of a partnership. You're doing life together and you're learning many times just as much as you're, you know, when you're mentoring someone, how God uses that uh, to go both ways. And I, I know Lisa and I were just talking this morning about this, the millennials and uh, I, I lead in a high school uh, group and do life groups. And I'm always blown away just by the language that is, be, has become the norm. And it, it's hard as you're mentoring um, to not get caught up in a legalistic way of this is right, this is wrong, but it, it, you want to do it in such a way that you want them to be honoring Jesus. You know, this we're making a big deal about Jesus. If we're talking this way, then others might not want what we're having. And I, I think the argument there is no, um, this makes me relatable or, you know, whatever. There's just a different perspective. Have you noticed that? And did you touch on that in your book? Well, uh, yes and yes. <laughs> um, I, the first uh, response I would say to that is, um, I think our choice of language is very important. And so one of the things that I do early um, in the book is I'm careful to um, define what I mean by mentoring and define what I mean when I say intentional discipleship. Because I found in the church that we call a lot of things discipleship. You know, if you show up on, on Sunday, you're getting discipled. You go to the small group, you're getting discipled. You go, you know, and the thing, the reality is that everything is called discipleship and, and, and we're not seeing lives transformed and nothing really is discipleship, right? And so I think we really have to challenge ourselves as leaders in the church of are we really making disciples and, and how do we know and then what does that really look like? And so I think there is some structure that's required for that. Um, but what I've seen with millennials, which is very interesting, because several months ago I wrote an article on my blog titled Don't Believe Them. And I was addressing this, um, that, you know, there's been several articles out about millennials leaving the church and, and some of the statistics are showing um, that. And, and I, I will say it's important to know that some of those uh, statistics are ge for certain demographics of people. So they're talking about typically white evangelical churches. That is not the case in some of the other, you know, multicultural um, African-American churches. And I read some research on those as well. But the interesting thing in the millennials that I mentor right now, I have uh, young women coming to my home every other week. Uh, we come, they come for Bible study. They come for dinner. Um, we talk. We have intentional conversations. And there's a, a small group community of giving and sharing and learning and loving, right? And what I found with these young people is actually opposite of what I read in those articles. Natasha, so, I am, Natasha yeah. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to stop right here and take a really quick break. I'm so okay. sorry to catch you midstream. We're going to be right back with Girlfriend at Radio.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style, along with an innate ability to form connections with people, gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are ending our show with two special guests, Natasha Robinson and Suzanne Burden, both authors, both speakers, and friends. And I I just want to, first of all, Suzanne, we've just basically put duct tape over your mouth because we got into the book. So um, we want to ask you a couple questions about how your book is going and how we can find out more about your book. And Natasha, um, just to find out what makes Mentor for Life unique, and you said it comes out in March, so we want to know how to how to find the book and how to find both you guys. So we have to finish the segment with all those questions. And I will start out with um, what makes Mental for Life unique, Natasha? Well, it's unique because it talks about mentoring within a small group community, so it's not a one-on-one mentoring model that I'm looking at. Um, It's holistic, so it talks about how we can intentionally make disciples who know and love God, who affirm their identity in Christ, and who love their neighbors well. It's unique because I get the opportunity to share my faith journey a little bit about the leadership and mentoring lessons I've learned in the military and in government and just in my ministry work, and how that can be applicable and practical to people that are living out their faith every day. So I'm encouraging people in the book to um, un- understand or find their purpose, and they can do that by um, uh, reading, reading the book and, and really in embracing this uh, intentional discipleship model. Hmm. That, that just sounds so interesting. And, I, and like we talked about, it is a much-needed 
um, topic that we can all gain from. And Suzanne, tell us a little bit, how is your book doing and where can we find out more of how to get your book? Yeah, so I, I think I can safely say that, that both of these books are available on Amazon.com and, and Barnes and & Noble and outlets like that. Natasha's for pre-order, and then our book, Reclaiming Eve, has, has been available for a while in those channels. And, um, you know, first of all, it's great to sit here and listen to Natasha because I, as a pastor, have a keen interest in seeing disciples made. You know, that's what the church is about. And so I just continue to learn from her as I listen and, and my passion of setting women free to do that, um, our passions, they, um, they jive together so nicely. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's just a joy to, um, we, in the process of writing these books, have spoken into each other's lives on these topics. And Natasha is even in our book, Reclaiming Eve. There's a conversation between her and I that we had that showed up in there. And so... What I find is the farther we go on this journey, the more I find we have this passion to see women raised up in the church. And can I say, too, we have a passion for racial reconciliation in the church. Mm-hmm. Natasha is African-American, and I'm Caucasian. And um, that is something that matters to us. And that comes out more in Natasha's book because she's coming from a perspective of wanting to bring people together and see the body of Christ really reflect his intentions for the kingdom. And so this message of we, Natasha mentioned the word abundance earlier, but in both of these books and in our friendship as well, I think we feel a sense of abundance. That was the word I thought about when thinking about our friendship this morning, that the kingdom of God is so generous. He's so generous with us, and he gives us a way to become more like him, and that way is becoming a disciple and teaching other people how to do that too. And so it's just a real privilege to be able to speak in people's lives through these books, to see our journeys, our paths crossing, and then to watch what God will do through that. Well, and you guys do have a great story, and you do, you know, we just appreciate the way you do refer to each other and talk about each other and esteem each other, and um, that is such a great um, role modeling for so many, you know, so many people, um, and to see what it can look like and how God intends our friendships to be. Well, Suzanne, in your book, Reclaiming Eve, the identity and calling of women in the kingdom of God. You, I mean, you guys are practicing what you're, you're writing about, but this whole thing with identity and calling, those are two (laughs) huge words, um, (laughs) you know, for women. I mean, there's so much, each one of those in and of itself, you could, you know, volumes and have a whole conversation. But briefly, for the sake of time and what we have left, this whole idea of reclaiming Eve, you know, where did that come from? And then can you just address a little bit the identity of calling? Because we do struggle with our identity mm-hmm. and with our calling. And um, we don't see ourselves as like you, uh, one of you alluded to earlier, being the beloved and being called by right. God for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So can you just kind of give us a little overview of, you know, kind of defining that a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm actually teaching the Reclaiming Eve Bible study at my church right now to, to a group of about 30 women. And they're, they're women that come from very diverse backgrounds and circumstances and places. 
And I think the message that God has for women and really every person that he's created is that, you know, they are made in his image to represent him. And so something about each person that we see should remind us of God, regardless of whether that person realizes God's intentions for them or is walking with Jesus at that time. There's a dignity that every person possesses merely because of that. And then to follow through and to see what Jesus did for us in our brokenness to want to reconcile us back to God again so we can reflect his image even more. And so there's just this passion for me especially and for Natasha too that women would be raised up to understand that they are not inferior in any way, that they're not secondary in the kingdom of God, but that in whatever way he's gifted them, whether it be in the area of evangelism, of discipleship specifically, teaching or encouragement, that they would just faithfully offer those gifts for the kingdom alongside of their brothers, and that this tapestry in God's kingdom would be a beautifully diverse place to be. Like this idea of us all separating into our corners with people that are just like us, Mm -hmm. and they have the same background as we do, and they don't have any, you know, um, different ways of thinking is is really not the way that God designed it. And and so this idea that I want to enter into this kingdom and all of its diversity, and then I want to acknowledge I am loved by God. I am his representative. Things might have happened to me in my life that are kind of stalling or blocking that from entering my heart, but I'm going to move towards that in community. Because the place to find healing, according to God's word, is in community. And so that is my passion to see that happen. And Natasha and I, she told me last week, she said, you know what our friendship does? It helps me to be brave. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do as believers. We help each other to be brave. And so when someone forgets their identity or their feeling especially Um, torn down or broken down, others come alongside. And together in the kingdom, we move forward and experience the healing that Jesus came to bring all of us. Mm. Well, that's that's an amazing way of framing it. Um, And I love how you said helping each other be brave, because we don't feel brave when we're by ourselves. We uh, we don't at all. And we need each other to go, okay, you are brave. I see that you are courageous. And I know even, um, I love that. um, I think it was in the movie, the help, you know, when you would say you, you was kind, you was brave. I think was the word brave. I find myself whispering that. Well, like I have some grandchildren and little ones and I will just put them on my lap and, and, and with my granddaughter, I will tell her you are brave. You know, you are strong, you are kind, you are loved, you know, all those words. And I think we need to be speaking those words into each other. And that is important. So I, I you know, just appreciate what you're saying and what you're, what you're doing with, with all of this, because we need to be having those conversations ongoing. Um, we just have a couple minutes left before we have to end. And I, again, Patty and I just want to thank you both so much for taking your time and for sharing your heart and sharing your friendship with, with us and so many. And um, your books sound amazing and fascinating. So we do want to encourage our listeners um, 
to to seek out your books and to allow them to speak into their lives because um, we just believe God is using you guys in huge ways. But for the like the less than three minutes we have left, um, Suzanne, is there something you want? You know, what is it that you want? the readers of your book to really walk away with, to women to really embrace and to hold on to after going through this and Natasha, you know, from your book, uh-huh. is there something you guys want? You go, this is, I really want them to walk away with this. Mm, I, I want women yeah. to know that God, God made them with great intention and purpose and uh-huh. that nothing that happens to them, no matter their circumstance can thwart God's intention, that they can always go back to the truth to be able to be rooted in that and to realize his, his love for them. And uh, that God has a plan uniquely and specifically for them. And he'll be faithful to guide them into that as they journey with other people in the kingdom of God. Mm. And I think I would, yeah, I would, I would close in saying that God is present he is at work in the world. He's faithful. And I think the privilege we have as believers in Christ is that he has given us an opportunity to join him in the work that he's doing in the world. Um, that gives me great excitement. And as Susie said, and as I write about and live, is that we do that together in community best. And so I'm, my encouragement is that um, I write to um, because of my love for the church and to equip the church to live out this calling um, and, and to partner with God in the work he's doing in the world. Well, and you both have challenged Amen. us to think deeper and think below. Yeah. And what does that look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are some practical things? So really quick, what is like a practical step to just even begin the mentoring process, even to even ask somebody to mentor or to step into going, I, I should be bringing somebody along. What would what right. was one thing you would say to people to get them started? And we just have about thirty seconds. Honestly, get the book right, okay. <laughs> and not 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 because it's it's my book, but the book will help you in that process. And I would say go through it with someone, and you know it, it could be a very thing that someone's just praying and waiting to do this. They're just at, waiting for you to ask them to help. That's how me and my ministry partner. I did this with a ministry partner. I, she was praying, I was praying. We got together and we started researching and preparing. And so that is the first step to prepare yourself so that you can really do this well. Very well said, you know, and it's all about collaboration. And so we just want to encourage our listeners. Thank you for this conversation. Go make it happen. Take a first step, ask somebody and don't, don't do life or ministry alone. Well, thank you, Suzanne and Natasha for being a part of our show today and just sharing again, like we said, your heart and your insights and your friendship and, and, you know, just what God has placed on your heart. We just um, highly encourage people to get your books. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Well, until next time. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 